Hello, I'm Mark Sweeney, big fan of DC Comics' long-running team of super future teens, a legion of superheroes, and a huge fan of that group's resident 12th level super genius, the brainy one, Quirrell Dox of Kolu, inheritor of the sometimes infamous title of Brainiac. I really do love reading about Brainiac 5's adventures with the Legion, but I found the only thing better than a story with one Brainiac is one with two. Sort of. And that's the case with the story I'll be recapping and commenting on in this episode. And that story is Bad Ideas from Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century, number 9, cover dated February 2008. So, Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century or LSH-31C, for short, was a comic in DC's Johnny DC line aimed at all ages, several of those titles being based on animated series Teen Titans Go!, Batman Strikes!, Scooby-Doo!, Ben 10, uh, and that was the case with this Legion book. It's hard to believe that it's been over 10 years, well over 10 years, since the debut of the Legion of Superheroes animated show, which lasted for two seasons on Kids WB, and it's now been over ten years since it was cancelled. The show is a pretty good interpretation of the Legion, focusing on a fairly tight central cast, including Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Triplicate Girl, Bouncing Boy, Brainiac 5, Phantom Girl, Timberwolf, and a time-traveling Superboy, although due to the lawsuit by the estate of Superman co-creator Jerry Siegel at the time, the name Superboy was tied up in court. So, though still a boy, Clark Kent in the show is referred to as Superman. A very small Superman. I was very pleased with most of the characterizations on the show. The character design, for the most part, was very good. Uh, they couldn't, of course, do much with Superman's costume, as that character would be the only one familiar to most of the show's viewership. But with design liberties taken, the others would have been instantly recognizable to even the most casual Legion fan. The costume design seemed to borrow heavily from the Chris Sprouse-designed uniforms introduced during the Five Years Later era of Legion history. And those in turn owing a lot to Dave Cockrum's Lightning Lad redesign from the early 70s. Bouncing Boy, I think, got the, the best of the redesigns. In fact, I think it's the best his costume has ever looked. Most of the abilities and personalities of the characters were consistent with one with what one might find in various eras of Legion history. For example, the Bouncing Boy triplicate girl romance begun in the Silver Age is hinted at here. Uh, but the hot-headed and lovesick lightning lad comes across in more of a 1990s live wire interpretation of the character. The one exception to this consistent and for the most part well-done characterization would have to be Brainiac 5, sadly. For some reason, the show's producers thought being a 12th level intellect wasn't enough to contribute to the team, or at least it wouldn't have made a good enough McDonald's Happy Meal toy, so... With a downright offensive set of telescoping limbs and the ability to mechanically change shape, Brainy came off like a 31st century Inspector Gadget. But for two years, there was a Legion of Superheroes TV show, so in the grand scheme of things, this was 
it was all good. The uh, look and characterizations of the animated Legionnaires were pretty faithfully translated into 20 issues of Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century, a title which is obviously more than a mouthful. Still not sure why they didn't go with Legion Adventures or Superboy and the Legion Adventures. This comic title actually outlasted the show by a few months, and it was a pretty entertaining read. It went beyond strict episode adaptations and was able to expand the cast a little bit. Yes, focusing on that core group from the show, but other Legionnaires would pop in and out of the stories, and it was an attempt to tie the book into the larger DC animated-style adaptation universe with cameos by DC characters like Booster Gold, Impulse, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, and then issue number nine, the book in a way ties into the excellent mid-to-late 90s Superman animated series. So the story I'll be recapping, Bad Ideas, is written by Scott Beatty, illustrated by Ethan Beavers, lettered by John Hill, colored by Heroic Age, and was edited by Janine Schaefer. Now, LSH31C didn't have what you could call uh, a regular creative team, but there was a kind of rotation among uh, a good handful of talent. And one of those names that keeps coming up in the rotation is cover artist Alex Sarah. He did about half the covers for the series and also several issues of interior art. And his cover for number nine here is a, it's a doozy. Legion members Brainiac 5, Sun Boy, Bouncing Boy, Triplicate Girl, and Superman fall from the grasp of a giant Brainiac, the original Brainiac 1, who electronically bellows, Welcome to Krypton. And right off the bat, this image ties together the continuity of two shows, as the Brainiac design is that of the Superman animated series. Really strong and pretty iconic look for the character purple and silver bodysuit, tall neck brace that cradles the green egg of a head with that prominent three-circle emblem on the forehead, which has come to represent Brainiac in several media. Very cool cover. Maybe a, maybe a little misrepresentation of what's to come, but, well, let's check out what's to come. Story opens with Brainiac 5 and Bouncing Boy at a place that the creative team stops just short of calling a Superman museum. They're checking out an ancient magazine remnant, a photo credited to James Olsen, no less, of Superman in battle with the original Brainiac. What Brainiac 5 calls his terrible family secret, the fact that his distant ancestor was one of his current teammates' greatest enemies, has been weighing heavily on his mind. Despite the fact that the Legion has pledged to keep young Superman's future a secret from the young hero, just a visitor here 1,000 years after his time, Brainy's genetic guilt has him wanting to take some sort of action, even though much of the infamous history of the Docks clan, he says, has been deleted from his memory banks. Back at Legion HQ, Brainy seeks out Superman. You know, I have a really hard time calling him Superman for some reason. He's drawn hair, just like he appears in the show, a sort of slimmed-down Man of Steel. He's he's Superboy, and it just might be easier for me to refer to him that way for 
the rest of this episode. But Brainy asks Superboy to punch him hard in hopes that the blow will jolt his hard drive and unlock the secrets of Superboy's past, specifically the location of his birth. A fact until now unknown even to Superboy himself. With the chance that he might find out some details about his birth world or just any details about his unknown past, Superboy is all too eager to comply. As the next panel sees Brainy punched through several walls in the headquarters, just narrowly missing a collision with Triplicate Girl and Bouncing Boy. A super punch just may have done the trick as Brainy undergoes an obviously involuntary and audible data recovery accompanied by a physical transformation into a giant Kaluan robot, a form he'd occasionally assume on the show, complete with the giant honeycomb dome head, a design detail familiar from several Brainiac looks throughout comics history. The giant Brainy robot refers to Superboy as Kal-El, a name unfamiliar to the young hero, and Legionnaire Sunboy, this issue's Legion guest star, and victim of what I think may be one of the poorer animated redesigns with a severe blonde mullet, sleeveless uniform, and creepy black bug-like eyes. Sunboy walks into the room just in time to hear Brainy's plan. To atone for his ancestors' sins of the past, Brainy plans to take Superboy to his place of origin. Point in space orbiting the giant red star, Rao. Say, Uncle Martin, when are you going to stop wasting time with that time machine gizmo of yours and uh, start working on something, well, useful? Like built-in radar so you can tell from which direction a grapefruit's going to squirt. <laughs> when are you going to stop referring to every scientific achievement as a gizmo, a gimmick, or a doohickey? The proper nomenclature is a cathode ray centrifugal time brachoscope. Now, would you mind finishing the grapefruit at the dinner table? Or else fetch me an umbrella? <laughs> Say... Do you really think that that's that centrific... That centrific... Doohickey. Thanks. Yeah. Do you think that's going to get you back home? I'm sure of it. Once I can lick the fine-tuning problem and set myself for the exact time prior to the crash, I can correct the malfunction of my ship and fly back to Mars. Well, it just occurred to me that, uh... If you alter time so that you were never here, I won't be able to remember you. Please, Tim, spare me the sentimentality. The weakest part of a Martian's anatomy is his tear ducts. We cry a lot. So because it would just be too simple to take a Legion cruiser through a couple of wormholes in space to the planet Krypton's place of prior existence, and if you don't know what happened to Krypton, you may have entered the wrong set of search terms in your iTunes store. Uh, Brainiac 5 has to come up with some super complicated process for getting Superboy, accompanied by a group of Legionnaires, to explore his roots. The group crowds into a time bubble to, as Brainy says, skip through time faster 
to their destination, but he also adapts a Phantom Zone projector to aid in interdimensional travel. And with this, nothing could possibly go wrong, right? Well, with a push of a button, Brainy sends himself and his teammates screaming through space and time, and the time bubble emerges within close orbit of the giant red star, Rao. Superboy immediately swoons with weakness, something Brainy didn't count on, as of course native Kryptonians aren't at their most super in the presence of a red sun. And Sunboy, in a bit of neat insight into his powers, senses an imminent flare from Rao's surface. The flare hits the time bubble and sends it reeling to the planet below. Legionnaires emerge from the bubble on the planet's surface. Not really any worse for wear, despite the weakness of their most powerful member. But Brain is a little surprised by the lack of civilization. Seems he may have miscalculated a bit sent them further back in Krypton's history than he had anticipated. A little down about his goof, Brainy just fesses up to Superboy about the relationship between himself and Clark's greatest enemy. The triplicate girl points out that none of this will mean anything if they can't get Clark back to his life in the 21st century. And that seems highly unlikely now that the time bubble has been cracked in their planet fall. And on Primordial Krypton, that means it's pretty much beyond repair. But Brainy doesn't rule out building a new time sphere. Sorry, time bubble. Team begins to strip the old bubble of its tech and to search for materials. But they're suddenly attacked by a group of strange prehistoric creatures. They've got four giant insect-like legs. Uh, they're all mouth, but they have this cool surface on their head like a screen which displays, somehow, telepathically, the thoughts of their prey. And these creatures give the Legion a tough time. Brainy suggests to his teammates that they try emptying their minds, and perhaps the creatures will be drawn to his 12th level intellect. Though Bouncing Boy has trouble clearing his mind of Triplicate Girl, as we see on the head screen of one of the creatures. Things don't quite come to an ultimate sacrifice by Brainiac, however, as Sunboy returns from his scouting mission and scares the beasts away with a, with a heat blast. And it looks like he may have found the right material to get a new time bubble started. So with the creatures scared away, team can focus, and Brainy's got a cool plan, or maybe I should say a hot plan, to make a new bubble. He gives Bouncing Boy his force shield belt, asks him to inflate under the stalactites of a rock-like material that Sunboy found in a cave. And Sunboy uses his powers to melt the material around Bouncing Boy. The stuff hardens, and voila! After the tech from the other time bubble is integrated into the new one, Legion takes off in a brandy new Chuck Tane shaped bubble. Inside the sphere, there's time for a little housekeeping. Superboy eases Brainy's mind, telling him that he is not responsible for the actions of his ancestor. And if anything, with this knowledge and this experience behind him, Superboy will be better prepared to meet the original Brainiac when they meet for the first time in his 
personal future. And at the close of the issue, someone inside the bubble, which is just quite, it's pretty cool looking with Chuck's smile or grimace at the at its front, asks if this sphere will be able to get them home. Brainy basically says he hopes so, and with the push of a button, opens a dimensional rift, and we'll have to assume things work out, because that's the end. So, fun little story, typical of what uh, you'd find in this series. I found, I found the pacing a little strange the first time reading it. I bet this script would have looked great as a teleplay, with the way it takes digital editing and quick cuts for granted. But a few of the transitions were... They were weird on the comics page, especially in the finale where the plan to create the new time bubble with Chuck as mold unfolded. But Ethan Beaver's illustration is definitely most suited to this animated style. Large flat shapes and thick outlines. Very expressive when it needed to be. I think the coloring does a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to fleshing out the figures. This is really a good looking comic. Except for maybe Sunboy's hairdo. And perhaps I have that minor quibble about misrepresentation on the cover. Seeing this on the bookshelf, one might expect Brainiac 1 to be taking on the Legion in this issue. That would have sold me. No doubt. But I guess he's there in spirit and that will have to be enough. Still a recommended read. I didn't buy this series as it came out, uh, and I had a hard time putting together a full run a few years ago. There is a trade collecting the earliest issues, uh, and those same issues are the only ones available digitally at this time. But I think any fan of the Legion would find these, this issue, this series, very enjoyable, and I'd say they'd be a lot of fun for even a casual fan, and don't suffer one bit for being aimed at younger readers, which is... Something I think can be said for a number of DC's all-ages books. And of course, any comic that features this much Brainiac 5, even as the 31st Century Inspector Gadget, is worth a read. So, my recommendation, if you see them, buy them. I'll be putting up some images from this issue on the blog, itgblogcast.blogspot.com. So please check those out there if you're interested. The list of cool kids who publicly acknowledge the last episode of ITG, a Shanna showcase, includes Dr. Ange of the Supergirl comic box commentary, Joe Crawford, Justice's First Dawn, Darren and Ruth Sutherland of the Rad Adventures network of podcasts, Tasman at Aspiring Crypto on Twitter, Paul Hicks, Slangword Resists, Chris from Bat Books for Beginners, and Sean from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. I really appreciate the support, guys, and I want to thank anyone in earshot of this for listening. ITG has been your basic run-of-the-mill vanity project for me for a while. Pretty much a way to keep myself amused and off the streets, but to know that an episode gets a few listens or a post gets a couple reads, that's just so encouraging. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it. So until next time, LOL.
Live on Legion. <laughs> <laughs>